One, two, three. Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. I am your host, Scott Needham. I'm an Amazon seller. I'm the CEO of Buyboxer. And my goal is that you leave this podcast with something that you can act on and you're either inspired and you can become a better Amazon seller. And so I brought with me today someone that I met over a year ago, right before COVID hit, uh, Mike Reezy with uh, Reezy Resells. Hey, Mike, thanks for coming. Hey, Scott, thanks for having me, man. It's so, crazy to think that was, yeah. you know, just about a year ago, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So I, he, Mike reached out to me um, about, you know, an event I was putting on and it really actually worked with my schedule. I, my girlfriend at the time was living in uh, San Francisco and he's out there in Santa Cruz, just a few minutes uh, south of actually uh, she was in the Bay or like South Bay. So very close. And it was awesome. The event, like the the people uh, and you put that together and are you ever going to try and do that again sometime? De- definitely, man. First off, uh, thank you for coming out. Um, <laughs> Scott came out on his own dime. I didn't pay him. I didn't fly him out. You know, I tried to take care of him as well as I could and, you know, give him the opportunity that I could. I didn't really, I don't think I made any money. I didn't lose any money, you know, which yeah. I guess, it, which I guess is a win from what I hear from event stuff. Cause I'm, I'm new to this, you know, but, yeah. um, I learned for sure, uh, not only are we going to do more, and they're going to be bigger, but I'm going to need staff because yep. the last one I ran myself ragged trying to run, you know, the whole thing myself. And after the end of like, after the last, after the day of the whole event ended. And after that, it was just kind of like, you know, we're chilling. We're going to go out to dinner. People are going to yep. have drinks, like no more responsibilities on my part. I kind of got sick. Yeah. Like I felt physically ill because I had, you know, I was at like 125% for like 14 hours. You know what yep. I mean? It's so- I've, I've, I've dabbled in events myself. Um, uh, the beginning of last year I was doing uh, just some meetups and yeah, you don't make a lot of money off of those or if anything, uh, I, I broke even on most of the stuff and I'm like, that's fine. That's, it wasn't, it wasn't ever about, uh, making money. It was actually just connecting with people. Exactly. Maybe- right. And it, it, yeah. it's all about, I think a lot of people don't understand if you're just listening to a podcast or you're just on a Facebook group or you're just in the comment section, like the value of going to an event um, and meeting someone is, is like, you can't even quantize that because it's like, or yeah. quantify it because it's like, it's like on the internet, you can fake <clears throat> shit, you yeah. know, and people don't really, even if they feel like they trust you, it's kind of like, uh. and then there's also that like, people kind of be off put like, I don't know about this guy. Not that they don't trust you, but just like, I don't know. But then they meet you in person and it's like, Oh no, man, he's fucking cool. You know, like, or (laughs) or whatever it is. So it's like, you you know, your flaws come out and people are like, Oh, he's normal. You know, (laughs) like he's not like this buttoned up person. I, and it allows for like a back and forth, you know, questions and like, just like the way conversation goes, like it's, it's been great. And so I'm hoping to do some more in this, I've had a few people come out to visit our warehouses and it's been, again, uh, just w- totally worth it. And I know every single time, every person coming, you know, they're like, yep, this was, this was right. This was fun. Right. Uh, That's phenomenal, man. Yeah. It's all about, it's all about connecting and we can all make money. You know what I mean? So how can we help each other? How can we grow our own businesses? Absolutely. And, and have fun doing it. I mean, there's tens of thousands, there's hundreds of thousands of sellers. Like you're not competing against one. Yeah. Um, 
And But actually, one of the categories that is the most competitive, or at least has the longest history on Amazon, is book selling. And, yep. and you started out on that and you even still were doing a lot this last uh, year, about a year ago. I know that you were really, uh, you're still dialed in on book selling. So when did you first start selling on books and tell me, um, you know, how that evolved over the years and like you even had your own warehouse at a point just for. Yeah. So, um, so over, over 15 years ago, probably 16 years now, um, I worked at a skateboard shop and um, I started selling on Amazon. I had always sold on eBay um, and I had been an avid reader um, as a kid. And so one day I had these Star Wars books and I sold them on eBay. And at the time I would always put stuff for like a penny. And this was like pre 2000. And, um, and they sold for like 75% of what I had paid for them brand new. And that kind of blew my mind. So that planted the seed where I was like, wow, like used books are worth money. Like I didn't really understand it. You know what I mean? Cause I was barely like, I just, I had never, I didn't go to college. You know what I mean? I didn't know there was like hundred dollar books and stuff like that. And so like, I wasn't even reading nonfiction yet. You know, I was still reading only, you know, fiction fast forward, eBay selling, you know, what, you know, electronics, whatever. Um, and then I see people scanning books in thrift stores which was really interesting to me because I I had so many books in their cart um, that I thought they worked at the thrift store. And what got me even more interested was that when I asked them what they were doing, they clamped, they clammed up on me and they wouldn't tell me anything. And so, cause I'm, I'm a really competitive person. I'm a skateboarder. Like, you know, I can feel that energy, you know what I mean? And I was like, Oh, they're making a lot of money. Like they don't want to tell me nothing, you know? And then they had, this is with pre iPhone, you know what I mean? This is pre YouTube. Like there was no books about book selling. There was no gurus. Wow. Like, and they yeah. had barcode scanners and little computers they were holding in their hands. And I was <laughs> like, what in the hell are they doing? Um, and so eventually, you know, fig- it took me like three months to figure it out, but just cause there was no, there was no uh, literature on the internet anywhere about how to do this. If you looked up, you know, scanning books or book scanning, it would be all about how to digitize books to store them for yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so eventually just resorted to asking people brute force every time. And one day I seen an old lady scanning books and she was from out of town apparently. Cause I had never seen her. And so I was like, all right, about to go get rejected again. You know? And I was, I would try to be really nice and be like, try to be unthreatening. Cause I know what happens when I'm like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? <laughs> so I would, I would be like, try to play real dumb and be like, what are you doing with that thing over there? You know what I mean? Like what's going, do you work here? You know, like try to get something, you know? And uh, she was like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I sell books on the internet and I'm using this software. And I'm like, thank you. You know what I mean? And like ran home right. like Forrest Gump uh, <laughs> yeah. and did some research. And basically within a few months of that moment, I ended up um, quitting my job on a whim um, I worked at a skate shop at the time back then. Yeah. Yeah. And the most I ever made back then was uh like 750 take home every two weeks on salary. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, selling books and buying a book for like a dollar and selling it for like 10, 20, 50, 100 bucks. It was wild. And I was so dumb. It was the I just got I got super lucky that it was the year I started selling was the year that FBA started, that they allowed you to start sending stuff into FBA. Okay. And this is how dumb I was, Scott. When I started pricing books, I was buying books. At first, I didn't even have the scanner. I was buying them blind, like 50 cents a buck a piece, five bucks a bag. And then I would go home and look them up. 
or go to yeah. a pay phone and call someone and then go back and buy them later, like crazy shit. But I finally get home and I'm listing them and I'm like, what price should I price this? There's 18 pages of listings for this used book, right? And I would go, okay, well, page one is uh, $22 and uh, page 10 is 75. We're going to price this fucker for 34 bucks. Okay. <laughs> and then it would sit, I did everything like that it was so dumb. And so like for a whole week, I didn't sell anything. And I was like, what is going on? Cause I didn't ever bought anything on Amazon. I didn't understand how it worked, you know? So then I went and I was like, all right, I need to buy some stuff on Amazon. I need to figure out how this whole thing works, you know? And then I was like, Oh, no one's going to see my listings. Cause they're like, 10 pages buried deep. You know what I mean? So uh-huh. then I priced everything for the lowest price and sold a shitload. And that's so, what ultimately gave me the confidence to quit, you know, working at the skate yeah, shop the next yeah. time I had that opportunity. You know, I'm actually in some ways, uh, it's similar to you. I did sell my, my dad had a used bookstore and we started selling on Amazon, but never really scaled it, you know, to be super successful, um, how did you like, uh, tell us about how you scaled that and like, and actually like, what was your, your, your peak book selling moment? Okay. So the, the peak, I would say I would have to define it. Like before we started doing retail arbitrage, because that's like pure book sales. Otherwise it gets too mixed and I can't really say like what's what. Right. But we did, we did like 690,000, maybe a little over 700,000 in pure books one year. And that was kind of like the pinnacle. Um, yeah. And that was after I part, partnered with uh, a friend of mine who I had taught how to sell books. And he just grew it to the point where, you know, it just made sense for us to partner together. Yeah. Um, and at that point, we had, we had like three warehouses warehouse I say warehouses but they were really just like storage like 10 by 15 storage lockers with with internet Um, and each had their own little cherry picking operation around it so we were doing you know we did that much with you know ourselves working as employee operators you know and maybe two full-time employees um, in just books in three locations and and that was like that that was like the height that was like the height Go ahead. How, how long ago was that? That was maybe four years ago, four to five years ago, some, right. something like that. Yeah. After then, we started doing a lot more retail arbitrage, like legitimately, because I started doing social media. It was actually, actually maybe a little bit beyond that, but I started doing social media and meeting people like yourself, you know, right. and people that are doing, you know, like a million dollars a month selling shoes. And they're like, why don't you sell Nike? Like you're working pretty hard over there selling all those books. And I was like, wait, you can sell Nike on Amazon. What are you talking about? I, I thought you could only sell books, Scott. I sold only books for 10 years on Amazon. <laughs> That's how dumb I was. Like, obviously yeah. I didn't buy enough on uh, Amazon. Um, I've got uh, a full, uh, you know, full list of mistakes that I just like wish I would have known. Um, oh, here's, 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 uh, here's one of the biggest ones I made. Um, and it's like two mistakes in one, but one, I thought, you know, I would discount people like, yeah, you're too old. I can't learn anything from you. Like you're whatever, what, you know what I mean? And then this yeah. is the major lesson Old guy who I thought was not a competitor to mine at all and couldn't teach me anything, but actually had been a bookseller for way longer than me and kind of barely grasped onto the new technology side of it. Like a pre Amazon bookseller, you know, someone I would like whatever old gray hair. 
And he just tells me one day, and this was after me selling books for a year, after putting 100000 in the bank year one, he just goes like, yeah, you know about being a pro merchant? And I'm like, what's a pro merchant? And he's like, yeah, you know that you save an extra dollar every time you sell something. And I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? I literally would have saved 10 grand year one if I would have just been a pro merchant. I just didn't know that. You know what I mean? So like, obviously, like if you sell 40 items a month or more, you know, or other reasons, like, please be a pro merchant. But yeah, huge mistake on my part. You know what? Actually, we we did something very similar. Um, Apparently, uh, I don't know if you could still do this at one point. um, Amazon had differentiated between um, like what a business seller was versus like a regular seller. And they had like different reports. I don't think this is a thing anymore. But um, we were told uh, by an Amazon employee that like, hey, actually to get these other features that we're building out for all sellers, you just have to create a new account. And so we had to close down our account to become kind of like a pro merchant because like we were stuck in this like, uh, you know, less features. And um, geez, that was like, and that was like right when I started and uh, it costs us certainly a lot of money in transitioning and uh, to be transparent. That, that doesn't sound like it was your fault. Well, no, it was, it was before me, but, but that, um, but it, it was in my name. <laughs> um, yeah, but account- didn't, it sounds like you did it under guidance from Amazon, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. It, like, um, yeah, this was actually all above board. There was no like, uh, but this other account that we left behind, it got suspended because we uh, didn't fulfill some products that were selling on it. And like, uh, I think like some, we just completely ignored it. And I'm glad that this isn't a thing anymore where people- yeah, there's, to, there's some mistakes you can make and and then also stuff that happens that's out of your control, right? Yeah. So like we've, we have had several Amazon accounts and thank God we've never been suspended, you know, knock on wood. But we used to have, you know, for the first 10 years of selling on Amazon, or I guess probably like seven daily payouts. And then Amazon rolls out, you know, Seller Central 2.0, which is probably like two to three versions back from what we have right now, which was the, which was like a major visual change. The other ones have not been so drastic. We just lost, we just lost it overnight. overnight just gone and i'm telling you we've invested months of human hours into trying to get it back over the years and it's just not going to happen it's in it we get responses ranging from like we don't know what you're talking about to you've never had daily payouts to oh yeah we're going to look into it too that's not possible to yeah i yeah we 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 got to weekly payouts and then they push us back to two weeks Uh, i know i know that fight um, so, you know, during COVID you pivoted a lot. I saw like that you, you know, started getting into Instacart and, right. you, you know, you've, you've done a lot of different things like retail arbitrage. Mm-hmm. So have you gone back to like, say your pre COVID, uh, you know, what, what you were focusing on? No, actually not at all. So let me summarize that first before we go into it. So I talked about how we were doing it before. Um, due to my own personal opportunity um, with social media, YouTube, and educating other people, it doesn't make sense for me um, to not take advantage of that opportunity. So I decided uh, yeah, we're going to start a, a book warehouse. We're going to do bulk books. We're going to buy truckloads of books. We're going to have it come to us, which is completely different from what I have done in the past, which is cherry picking, only getting the ones we want, you know? 
now we have infrastructure overhead and um, ultimately COVID kind of just accelerated me realizing that I didn't like that because it was just me chasing money. And ultimately I'd already made, you know, enough money to not like I'm rich or anything. I don't even own a house where I live is very expensive in Santa Cruz. Um, <laughs> it's probably going to happen, you know, in the next year or so. But the point is, is that here I am sitting here doing this thing when I already have enough money and opportunity to actually do things that I, you know, would much rather do. I like books. I like selling stuff. Ultimately, I'm doing all that, you know, just to make money. And if I'm going to work to do this thing, to build it out, and I don't even enjoy it every day, you know what I mean? Um, it just became this weird ball and chain. You know, I have employees. They're depending on me. I have to go there. I don't even want to go there, but I have to go there to keep morale up. You know what I mean? And to like build out this thing and, and it's not worth it for me. I'm not even paying myself while we're building it out. I could just do a $300 an hour consultation call while I'm sitting in my car in the parking lot. Like, why am I even doing this? You know what I mean? Um, and COVID hit and it forced us. We lost our suppliers for over three months. We ultimately had no work to do. We had to wind it down, let all our employees go. And ultimately I turned it into a skate park and just started skating in the warehouse. Um, and when we got the opportunity to get our suppliers back, in the meantime, we had actually started doing retail arbitrage, right? And so that's when we kind of became drug dealers. All the pharmacists, like legal, I mean, pharmaceuticals, <laughs> right? So like all these, you know, I don't know if you guys, if you remember, we actually almost got suspended on Amazon for selling so much over-the-counter medication. Um, I, ha I had like the police getting called to pharmacies and my credit card company, I was spending like $10,000, $20,000 a day, every other day, paying all my cards off, maxing them, just like buying, you know, Tylenol and just like crazy stuff, Excedrin, headache medicine. And it was selling like instantly right when the beginning of the pandemic shot off. And then there was, you know, weights and pools and it, like everything you could ever think of, heaters. And it was just like, I keep telling people like, dude, don't be, you know, don't think you're great at reselling because you made money last year. It's the easiest year in the history of reselling to make money. Um, the point is, is that I also was like, I'm definitely not going back to doing that. And ultimately, like, I could always go back to doing that if I want to, but I don't want to. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I kind of was like, I'm going to do this better use of my time and less employees and it's new inventory. I don't have to condition and I can throw it in my Audi and not care. Like if I put used books in my Audi, I throw them in a trash bag and tie it shut first. You know what I mean? Like I don't have a work, you know, truck, you know, or van. I only have two parking spots in my freaking upscale ritzy neighborhood, you know? So <laughs> Ultimately, yeah. I just didn't want to do it. You know what I mean? No, I'm and with you. Um, I'm but actually really thankful for that because it just forced me to focus. Yep. Um, I can definitely hear you. I'm like, sometimes there's like places to make money, but it's just like not fun. I, I enjoy like uh, building things that can scale, you know, uh, right. like whether it's software or it's, uh, you know, wholesaling. Maybe it does involve employees, but like if, it, if it's not like interesting, um, then I don't want to do it for, um, this is something that's become, we could run a three PL out of our warehouse where we start like doing uh, FBA prep for other people. And I just know that like, yeah, we can make a little bit of money here, but I don't have the attention or time or the physical just like to scale that. So I just don't want to do it. Right. I mean, I've thought about doing that as well, just because it's such a good vertical integration with, you know, Reezy resells with the YouTube channel. Oh, I mean, yeah. 
I can tell you right now, you want to set it up and you want to wrap my brand around it. <laughs> that's a half a that's a half a million dollar a year bag, easy. You know? I, uh, yeah. But but me and you don't want to do either of. I don't want to do the work. I'll no. fly over there and make sure it looks dope, and I'll shoot all the promo videos, and you know, I'll say it's right. mine, and I trust you, and that everything's good. You know what I mean? And we can sign a contract. But do I want to do it? I don't even want to build it out. That doesn't sound interesting to me. I'd rather chase my childhood dream and start like a skate channel YouTube brand and pay my high school buddy 30 grand a year to quit his job and go inside of this warehouse, which is really just a, a commercial realty business expense for, you know, Reezy resells. Cause I'm going to drop my course this year after seven years on YouTube and it's going to make whatever, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. that sounds interesting to me and I do yeah. it for free. If yep. I break even cool. But That's, you know what I mean, like this other stuff, like I'd rather help someone else make money than yeah. money for myself in that scenario. Well, um, when you're helping other people uh, be successful, then, you know, it's going to benefit you in the long run. I've, I've always felt about that. And it's, it's really helped me shape a lot of my ideas. Um, if you were to start over today without any money, like just but but you know what you know, you know, uh, of all like the side hustles that you've seen or heard, but if uh, you were to start over today with like very little money, let's say like two, $300, uh, where would you start? Um, and but like, can we get a little more frame? You have a full-time <laughs> job and you can't quit or like, there's a lot, you know what I mean? There's Let, so many say, facets let's, to let's this say, opportunity that I like to ask yeah. people, like how many hours are you trying to put into this? You know, let's do you want to quit your let's, job? How, like, let's say you on? have a job. No, you have a job. Okay. And you're not trying to quit it. You just want to make extra money. Yeah, yeah. Well, it kind of depends. Uh, it, like, there's a lot of opportunity, but I would say that, um, you know, print on demand, whether it's merch by Amazon or, you know, Etsy with Printful or Redbubble or whatever it is, if you could draw or learn how to draw um, and you can make your own designs or even get a designer and buy designs for, you know, a buck a piece and scale them out yourself because you have the Photoshop files and, you can change the font and the colors and, and you know what I mean? The sizing after you get the assembled artwork. Um, I think that's a really good business model that you could scale up slowly in your free time. It's like a truly like laptop lifestyle, iPad, you do it on lunch break at work. You could do it, you know, on the couch in the evening. Um, wow. I mean, I but also at the same time, you know, that's like zero money, zero yeah, money. Yeah. I did not expect this answer. That's awesome. Um, so, uh, I mean, at the, at the same time, you know, that's, that's like the, that's going to take longer to build up and get going. But if you don't have that pressure, you know what I mean? You don't want to quit your job. If you do want to quit your job or you do need, you know, the money right away or, or whatever the pressure is, obviously selling physical goods is always going to be the best thing. You know, yep. you know that I know that whatever you have that other people want, give so, it to them. Right. So um, that whole shop, shop your house. What do you got in your house? that you don't need, you know what I mean? That you don't want anymore, especially you got sealed stuff. People gave you still, you know, scan that shit, look it up on Amazon, look it up on eBay, figure oh. out how to sell it. You know, that's going to yep. be the 500 to $2,000 starting point for most people. Yeah, absolutely. I think when you get a few, even just a few transactions under your belt, you're like, okay, the fire kind of yeah, like yeah. I always tell people focus, like because people get overwhelmed, right? If you like, you know what I mean? You know how the average person, like your friend who's not an e-commerce seller, can't just ship you a package. It's really hard for people. It's so <laughs> weird for them. I don't get it. It's like yeah. hard as hell for them. 
I just tell people focus on the process, not the profit. I don't care if you lose $20 on the first three things that you sell. You know what I mean? Unless that's like going to, you know, make you starve. Um, focus on the process, you know, because once you understand, you know, it's important to lose money shipping one or two times. Oh, that's absolutely. how you know how to not lose money shipping. Yep. Yep. Um, so this merch on demand with Amazon, do you get to choose like the medium that it goes on? You're like, okay, this design goes on a t-shirt or this go- design goes on a mug or a sweatshirt or a hoodie. Like, Right. Yeah. So back in the day, it was just t-shirts. Now they offer all different kinds of stuff. T-shirts, long sleeves, sockets, hoodies, crew necks. Do you get to set the price? You do get to set the price, but you do not get a, um, you know, it's not like 50% of the profit or anything. I'm going to actually pull my account up so I can tell you like what my total sales are on uh, merch by Amazon. Let me see if I can bring up like lifetime in the last three years, I guess I've sold 7,212 shirts of with the royalties of 22,000. And under that, I think it says, I'm not sure if I'm looking at like my exact payout or <laughs> I think that might be the sales amount. And then my cut was 13,500. But the point is, is just that yeah, I did a- it. I did it all with VAs. Yeah. How many designs do you have? Uh, currently live, I have 3,532 designs live. Whoa. And actually only only 929 of those have sales. Okay. All right. So it's it's kind of like, a, you know, the better you are, the less paint you have to throw at the wall. You know what I mean? Or whatever the expression is. Yeah. But it's kind of like that. So it's like, you know, I sold a shirt that was like... Um, promoted to, you know, mom or dad or which is a new baby announcement shirt for mom keywords. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, and the same thing you do for any product, you're going off of the A9, you know, the SEO from the search bar suggestions, you know, on a basic level, just using incognito browser and seeing what pops up, you know? So new baby announcement shirt for mom that sells. And then you're like, Hmm, how else can I remake this? You know? And then you're like for, for mama, Or, you know, what other kind of nicknames are for mom? So you're trying to research that, you know, and figure out how niche can you get it, you know, because that promoted to mom shirt sells good. But like how many shirt, how many people are making promoted to mama or mommy? That's less. You know what I mean? Maybe you can dominate that, you know? And so let's make 50 different shirts for that. Oh, this one sells a little is good. Well, let's remake that shirt selling good. Let's make one that has text that a woman would actually like because that's blocky text and that's selling. How's that selling? You know, let's make fancy text. You know what I mean? Let's put flowers on it. You know, let's, oh, it sells. Okay, let's distress it. Let's make a distressed version and re-upload it and call it vintage, you know, baby announcement shirt for mom. You know what I mean? And that, that's kind of like the game. Does it sell? Does it get a review? Okay, it got a review. You know, you know, a lot of a lot of the stuff, you know, would apply to this very well. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know shit about ads and PPC. But you <laughs> use those to generate sales. And if your ACOS is good, you know what I mean? You're making money off of it. Exactly. Yeah. And it's complete. It's completely passive. And think about it as a, a business that can become mm, an asset because you own the designs that you get from your designer. You know, I have like 5,000 unique designs. That's unique, you know, scaled out. I have like over 20,000 designs and scaled out. I mean, like it's the same original design with different colors, different texts, different, you know, happy birthday, eight year old for hockey, happy birthday, seven year old for hockey. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, um, but if I wanted to get out of the game right now, I could not only sell my Amazon account, you know, with non-exclusive rights to use the art on the Amazon account. And this thing makes me at least $500 a month profit and I do nothing. 
right? I could all, cause it could be, you know, there's more into it than just that anyways, but also the designs themselves are an asset. So I don't know. That's, I see it as cool. a really cool, no, it's like you, besides selling information, what's going to make you that much money? Yeah. Um, I like how uh, passive it is. I actually like how a lot of your Amazon knowledge translates to that. It's a new program that I haven't really uh, focused on, but you know, you're leveraging VAs to create a lot of this stuff. And a like, lot of people think it's really difficult, but text shirts sell well. Like go look outside. Like one of my favorite things since I started doing this, and this is the fun part. This is fun for me. I'll just sit down at Disneyland. Like wife and kids are going to go do this and I don't want to do it. And I'm like, oh, you're going to go write small world. I'll be right here on the bench. You know, you sit there for 20 minutes, 10,000 people walk by you. And I'm just in the notes section of my phone, writing down every shirt idea that comes by that's not trademarked or copyrighted. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I've seen yeah. a guy wearing a shirt that said uh, on the front, Jesus got my back. And then on the back, it just has a, you know, a royalty free picture of Jesus on a cross. And yeah. I was like, genius. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's pretty interesting. So um, what are you focusing more on nowadays? Like, you know, we're, we're post COVID like what's, what's, what are you spending your time on? So a hundred percent focusing on, you know, Reezy resells, Reezy media. I have yeah. two um, salary staff members. Now I just hired a 50,000 a year domestic in-house video um, producer, filmer, oh, editor. Wow. And so quality is going to go up. Um, and aside from that, we're also going to focus on growing out, you know, my daughter's channel, my family channel, all of these other things um, on the side. I'm going to release my course this year and then really have to figure out what I'm going to do with that money because I don't want to just pay taxes on that. Right. <laughs> so I'm going yeah. to invest that probably into commercial real estate you know, for the business and then have like Reezy HQ and like basically just going to try and see how far I can push this, you know, Reezy as a media person thing, you know, forward. I'm writing my autobiography right now. And so we're going to, I have a goal to become a New York times bestseller. There you go. And so, you know, that might not happen this year, but it's going to happen. I'm going to, probably get an RV and wrap it and travel across the U S we're in plans to film a documentary that we can hopefully sell to Netflix. I don't know how, you know, it's just like a rough idea about people making money on the making money, you know, regular people making a living on the internet, you know, since, you know, over the last year, since COVID hit, that's the rough idea for the documentary. Hey, you're shooting for the stars. I like that. Like, like, uh, cause I think what I've, always been drawn to about you is like you're just a very authentic you know you you don't uh you know doesn't matter the medium youtube instagram whatever you're just always the same and i like that like you know you're always showing off skating i i jumped on a skateboard this year uh my girlfriend's little brother built a built a skate ramp and and for a little part of me is like like thought about reezy first like it's like oh yeah he would like tear this up um and i did still, you did you drop in no um the thing is, is like, I was practicing just like one day, just going back and forth, back and forth, didn't drop. And then the, uh, then that kind of like a rainstorm came and it kind of popped a few boards and they just never fixed it. And, um, Hey, you do, you do some cool stuff though, man. You ride bikes. (laughs) What's, uh, what's like some of your more memorable bike rides or distances that you rode? I want to get into riding bikes (laughs) because for like longevity for skateboarding for me, I don't want to run. I need to stay more fit because I can't skate 
afford much more than like 20 hours a week. And it's, you know, I do it with buddies, et cetera, et cetera. So, and I don't want to run and I'm not really too interested in the gym. So I think it's bikes for me. Yeah. But there's, like, what have you done? You know, like, you know, there's two different ways to do bikes. And I actually think they're very, very different. And I like them for different reasons. There's mountain bikes and that's like, you know, up and down, you know, uh, things come at you real fast. It's like more exciting, but I actually am like, I like cycling a little bit more because it's just relaxing. You don't have to think about anything. You can really like focus on what you're listening to and you can go for like, um, I've gone up to like, I've done like full day biking events, but on average, like on an out, on a Saturday, I'm going to go out for like two or three hours. Uh, I like to, sometimes I'll go up a hill, um, in Salt Lake, we have a ton of mountains or I'll just find like a flat one and just, just, just go, you know, and, um, And and in the winter, like right now, like I long for that, you know, that just like, you just hum along and yeah, there's people that are trying to go like super fast, but like, I, I'm just, I'm at my level, you know, I'm, I'm it's 55 in Santa Cruz. Come, come kick it, man. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I, I, I wish I, um, I was just in Arizona this last weekend and it was 80 degrees and I didn't have a bike there and I'm still like kicking myself. I was like, why didn't I just like rent a bike? I might just like buy a a loaner bike and just leave it down there. But um, so uh, to, to summarize, I'm going to push on this opportunity that I have like with myself as like a, for lack of like better, you know, ease of description for like a, a, like a more edgier, like Gary V like cooler, younger, like, like I'm, it's kind of like sure. that whole thing, you know, and I'm going to push more of like the, the social media and the inspiration. I'm still going to do, you know, all the Reezy stuff, but it's kind of like I got to the point where my back catalog is kind of like there and I want to make videos that are like going to go viral more. They're not going to make me as much money because there's not like, look at all the reselling influencers. There's not very many, you know, that have over a hundred thousand subscribers. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just not that big of a thing. And I can know from my own numbers, the videos that do better make me less money, not overall, but per, you know, per mil on CPM. Okay. And um, it's just because it hits a wider audience. And that's when it's less niche of audience. You know what I mean? They're less going to convert to actually buying the stupid $2,000 course that who, (laughs) who knows is selling on the ad, you know, shout out to those people that put ads on my videos, but (laughs) don't get me wrong. I'm still going to sell. We're, we're probably going to do like a mill on Amazon this year at, you know, at least 25 or 30% profit. But every time you see me, every time I do anything involved with it, I'm probably going to be filming it. You know what I mean? And there's like opportunities for me where like, Oh, I could make a thousand bucks right now. And I'm like, well, that I can't make that into a video. You know what I mean? And so I'm not going to do it because even if I can make a thousand bucks, I make more off the videos. Okay. You know what I mean? And so, and then there's like, I have all these Pokemon cards that I, you know, bought to flip and then I'm making the video like, oh, I got these and we're going to flip them. And then I'm like, but that's not as interesting as opening them. You know what I mean? Like we should resell them sealed, you know, cause they're in demand and that's less risky and you should, but that's not as interesting of a video, <laughs> is it? So we're going to open them and it's more risky. Right. But yeah. part of that is because if I sell them, I now have income, but if yeah. I open them, it's a business expense. There you go. And so there's like, you know, now I have to tell people, like you said, because I'm authentic, they're like, well, what would you do? And I was like, what would I do? Or what should you do? That's different. (laughs) You know what I mean? You should sell that sealed. I'm going to open it up. There you go. It's a lot more fun to open it. And some of these opening videos I've seen, they're, they're, they're exciting. Um, Yeah. But the, the moral is like, if you, you know, this Amazon shit, you know, online, we can do this. You know what I mean? If you have a chance to do 
something that's greater, you know, or that makes you more happy, maybe try that or do it, you know, if you have the luxury of it, because you could always go back to selling stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'll go back to getting a regular job if I have to. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to, you know what I mean? I can't imagine that really happening, but I'll dig a hole in the ground tomorrow to feed my family if I have to. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. I'm I'm not, I'm not expecting to have to go back to a job. You know, you got to create your own job. Um, Yep. Well, uh, thank you so much for for jumping on and uh, sharing, you know, where, where, where you've been at. And, you, and really, it's kind of like a journey that you share a lot with others. And um, and it's awesome. It's it's, it's cool to, to see. So so make sure you guys check out Reezy Resales on Instagram or on YouTube. And, uh, you know, I, I know here's what I know. It's like he'll, he'll share something and you'll see something. And you're like, you know, he's he's enjoying himself. It'll put a smile on your face and it's a good time. So thanks for jumping. Uh, <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for sharing. Nice. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Scott. Stay tuned to everyone for uh, the next episodes coming up and uh, take care. 